1: Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on demand. Laid back and kicking it, let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod.
2: Hey, welcome to Hour 2 of the RP Show, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Very big day for us. Two hours on national television on Game Plus. If you don't get it through your cable provider, flood them ring those phones. Email them, stomp down to the uh, network and pump on the glass. Yeah. Tell them you want, the, you want Game Plus. And then you'll get the Rod Peterson show. So we're just rolling right into the uh, program. Last hour, Garrick Jones with us, the president of the Houston Texans Alumni Chapter. Houston Chapter, NFL Alumni Houston. He talked about Deshaun Watson. He awarded the Rams as the winners of the big trade on the weekend. But you know what? Before I go any further, I'll say this hour... It's kind of a football Monday, hey? Yeah. This hour, Patrick Dees. You're not going to want to miss this. He's the commissioner and really the founder of the Fan-Controlled Football League. This is the league that Johnny Menzel will be playing in in 2021. The fans will call the plays. You've always wanted to. Now you're going to actually get to. Drew Tate's in that league. If you know these CFL names, Khalil Carter, Don Unamba. The commissioner, Patrick D is going to be with us. And then John Hodge out of Winnipeg from 3downnation.com to make sense of just an insane weekend in the Canadian Football League. And now, please, Jordan, let's go with the Quick Six Show topics. (laughs) Really, the Quick Six are kind of the daily CFL report that we were committed to doing like two weeks ago. We started doing it. Number one, quarterback chaos in the Canadian Football League. Because today's February 1st. There were several players in the CFL do pretty sizable bonuses today. So unless you wanted to restructure your deal because you weren't going to get the bonus, you were going to get cut. And that's exactly what happened with Matt Nichols with the Toronto Argonauts and Nick Arbuckle of the Ottawa Red Blacks. And then hours later, after those players got released, they signed with the opposite teams. It really makes no sense. I was trying to make sense of it, shot some text messages around. And what I was told was... Like, it was like, if Paul Lapolis really wanted Matt Nichols so bad in Ottawa, why didn't he just go get him? But it had to work out this way. They had to release guys. Paul Lapolis, the head coach of Ottawa, really coveted Matt Nichols. And I love Lapo. I consider him like family. I'm not sure he does the same. But I thought he was really geeked up about getting Nick Arbuckle in there. And it's all about money. And it's not just quarterbacks. Ricky Collins Jr. is a good friend of mine from the Edmonton football team. He was released coming off an 1,100-yard season. So it's not good business. It's I mean, it doesn't look good. It's dirty business. The CFL, this isn't new for them. But now more than ever, they need to save cash. And the people are saying, oh, Rob, but that's why we're doing it. Nothing personal. It's never personal, eh? Never. When they're shafting you, it's just business. But when you shaft them, it's... (gasps) You ever notice that? Oh, yeah. So anyways. It is not a two-way street. No. So if this way of doing business gets flushed down the tubes, I will pull the lever on the toilet for the CFL. Uh, 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 uh. (laughs) From viewer Mike Lee, he says, if I follow the fan-controlled football league and my team loses, who do I call to fire the fans? It's the same as actual pro football now. Just put your suggestion in the suggestion box. You know what I mean. Yeah. Point two. Nobody's noticed where the key is, but <laughs> nobody. It's full. Uh, the trade. I'm talking about the National Football League late Saturday. This was a ground shaker. I would send some texts around to some pro scouts. I said, Who, what, what's your make of this? I'll use the geographics again. You got L.A. Rams down here. You got the Detroit Lions up here. L.A. takes Jared Goff, two first-round picks in a third, ships them to Detroit, and the Detroit Lions, the garbage team of the NFL, ships Matthew Stafford, the quarterback they've had for 10 years, to L.A. Stafford's better than what he's shown in Detroit. It's been a career killer, sort of like, I'm sorry to say, the Oilers for certain people. And now it's a new lease on life for both The question is, who wins? you got Stafford, who's ready. Rams are Super Bowl ready now. Detroit gets the two first-round picks, a third, and Jared Goff, who's still young at 26. Who wins? Everybody's saying the Rams. I know I'm saying the Rams. You're saying the Rams. That's right. And although it is – the one thing that one scout said to me was, this is so rare. Nobody saw it coming. When's the last time this happened? You're talking about two number one overall picks – reasonably you could say in their prime being traded Mm -hmm. it's wild wild very wild and the first round picks
0: they're not as valuable to la as you think that they they might be and i mean the detroit lions have had plenty of first round draft picks over the last couple of dozen years and they haven't been able to must turn that into you know any sort of franchise success so draft picks they're they're they do have value for sure but When you're a team that's like the Rams and you're ready to win now, the draft picks don't have the value. They don't. And your ability to recruit free agents to be able to draft well in the depth rounds, you know, rounds four to you know seven and eight. um, That's where you really make your money and they're ready to win. And they felt that Jared Goff wasn't the guy to get them over the hump. Matt Stafford can be. He's a veteran. He's a great passer. He's a good quarterback. One of the top. He's, a, he's a, the upper half of quarterbacks in the NFL. And in Sean McVay's system, he has a chance
2: to be great. We'll see. Sean McCormick watching from the Game Plus control room in downtown Toronto, where we are live for two hours on Game Plus today. And till the end of time, Sean says, I'm thinking the Lions won the trade. Rams will have great a great season, but will fall short of the Super Bowl, and thus the Lions win the trade. I could be wrong. We'll see February 2022. Well, the Rams are saying they got, they're going to have five years out of Matthew Stafford. Five years to win that Super Bowl, and they didn't think they were ever going to win one with Jared Goff. But it's fun to talk about. Uh... Why am I getting sucked into the viewer comments early on here? John Kirby in Edmonton says, Question, Rod, when will, your go- when will your Golden Knights actually play again? Oh, you mean Canada's team? The Vegas Golden Knights? They're supposed to play tonight. It's delayed. They're supposed to play Wednesday. It's delayed. I would think come Friday, whenever their next game is past Wednesday, that's when I think you'll see them play. I got to move on. Point three. Oilers beat the Senators 8-5 last night at uh, Rogers Place in Edmonton. I tuned in. It was near the end of the first period. It was 5-1 already, and the game was over. So kudos to the Oilers. The Senators provided the role of slump busters here for the Oilers, and this could be a season-defining win for the Edmonton Oilers. I'm serious, and what I mean by that is I didn't think they were close to blowing their season, losing their season, because it's only week two. As I've broken it down into seven game segments, the Oilers have a chance to save their season big time, and that might have happened with Leon Draisaitl in a six assists and just again using Ottawa as the slump buster. We talked about it an hour ago. Moose, what do slump busters do? Build the confidence. Bingo.
0: We'll see, right? They're, they're a confident group now. I mean, they look pretty confident last night. And, you know, when they, they get that mentality, you said the Cobra Kai mentality last hour, right? No mercy. No mercy. And they need to have that kind of killer instinct because they can score almost at will. And it's a matter of can they, can they do it on a nightly basis. Point
2: four, the New York Rangers placed defenseman Tony D'Angelo on waivers after a reported incident with a teammate in the tunnel to the dressing room after Saturday night's game. As of noon Eastern today, which has passed, he's cleared waivers. He can sign with anybody, like his contract's up. So he was making around $4 million this year and next. That's done. So it's a – that was the straw that broke the camel's back with Tony D'Angelo. I'm doing a little Twitter surfing here today. People can't believe that nobody wants Tony D'Angelo on their team. That's not entirely uh, True. Nobody wants them on their team at $4 million a season-ish. He's cooked his own goose by his own actions. So we'll see where he lands. He will land with somebody. To point five, breaking news this morning. This is why I say the CFL reports really are quick, six show topics here. The Edmonton football team has hired Jamie Elizondo, as their next head coach, replacing Scott Milanovic, who one week ago today resigned to go to the Indianapolis Colts. We got to get Jamie Elizondo on this show. He and I have had a colorful history. Twice he kicked me out of the Ottawa Red Blacks walkthroughs day before the game. Twice I deserved it. I think Jamie is a good guy. Because he felt bad kicking me out. It was like, bro. And then I tweeted immediately, I've just been kicked out of Red Black's practice. Yeah. <laughs> Cue the firestorm. It was national I'm not news. Holding, it was national news. But I'm not holding on to any grudge. I hope Coach Elizondo's not. He has also installed himself as the offensive coordinator of the Edmonton football team, too. Yeah. So,
0: And that history of Trevor Harris. Right? It's, a, it's a nice
2: match. I'm excited for it. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So where do some of these other coaches whose names were in the hat go? Where does Chris Jones go where does Mark Trussman end up Noel Thorpe is the defensive coordinator in Edmonton so he's staying there trouble is there are still far too many coaches far more coaches than there are jobs that's the sucky thing
0: yeah and I don't know I look all around the league and there's no openings and there's no nobody I would consider on the hot seat I mean they haven't played any games. You, you have a bad start to the first half of the year, and all of a sudden there could be three or four coaches on the hot seat, there probably will be. But I think every organization is pretty stable right now. So for the, the Trestmans, the Joneses, I mean, Northhorpe's going to coach on the defensive side. But for looking at head coaching opportunities, it's you've got to be
2: patient. This is the warm-up for the Four Seasons Sports Palace. Come in and warm up at the Four Seasons. You're home for the National Football League. Armando Moreno is watching the show in Mexico City. He is a global football reporter, Mexican football reporter. He says, is he the first ever Mexican-born head coach in the CFL? I don't know. You tell me. Jamie Elizondo does not have a Wikipedia page, so I don't know where he was born. If he was born in Mexico, then yes, he's the first ever Mexican-born head coach in the CFL. That's your job, Armando. Armando. Wouldn't you say?
0: Put out that tweet. You probably get 500 likes on it. <laughs> exactly. You know, if you've if you got it, if, if it's correct, La
2: Liga Americano footballer fans would be salivating over this news. Drop it. Yeah. Jamie Elizondo, good guy. Last seen as the offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Vipers of the XFL. Now head coach of the Edmonton football team. Point six. Team Global Ag Risk wins the SJHL Virtual Showcase. That is the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League All-Star Game. This year, they had to take it inside, put it on. It was a video game is what it was. If you want to roll those photos, Clark, they brought Dupes and I. There we are calling it from Saturday afternoon with my SJ gear on. uh, Darren DuPont as well. We got a shot of Dupes calling it with some other guys. Rory McGowan and Benny Walchuk. My friend Nugsy. So anyways, Team Global Agresk won the whole thing. Hopefully it's the only year that we have to do this. We're expecting uh, news soon on whether the uh, SJHL will get onto the ice or any of these leagues across Canada. So thank you. That point six there triggered a guy in Toronto by the name of Chris Bird saying you're talking about a virtual showcase but not the NWHL? the National Women's Hockey League bubble event, which is going on in the United States right now. And i am got to say, yes, I am talking about that because they involve me and I care about it more. So he very nicely wrote in, Chris Bird, and said, I didn't mean any disrespect, but the NWHL event deserves at least a mention. So there's the mention. But the point is, I'm just not that interested in the NWHL. Sue me. I'll repeat what I said an hour ago. I watch ESPN get up every morning. I don't get upset. They never talk about the National Hockey League. If they show a snippet of a highlight of a nice Sidney Crosby or OV goal, it's like, wow, they mentioned the NHL. They never do. And I don't get upset. You can get your coverage. There were 30,000 people watching the game on Twitch. I logged in to see how many were watching. So it's there. But it's, if we're not covering your league, don't at me. Because that's not going to make us want to cover your league. What, what, ricky the ricky agrees our mascot uh from norway can we get the comment up from trent he's been writing in from norway norway calling part two he says i got to see parts of the order sends replay here today if last night's win is the slump buster the next game has to be a convincing win as well to make sure this win means something As for Elizondo being in Edmonton for the CFL, if Harris and him connect on anything, it could be interesting. Time will tell. Checking in from Norway where it is 7.14 p.m. Do we have the commission lined up? Is Patrick Dees logged in? Not yet. Okay. We have the commissioner of the Fan-Controlled Football League coming in. Patrick Dees next. We're all very excited. If you've got questions for him, I suggest you send them to us now. Prairie Mobile text line is open, 306-840-8777. Prairie Mobile is your authorized SaskTel Mobility dealer. You're looking at me, Moose, like you have
0: something on your mind. No, I'm, uh, I'm excited to get Patrick on the show, though. I'm curious. The fan-controlled football league, that's it's an interesting concept, right, to call plays. Um, I don't know. Clearly, it wouldn't be your thing. Right? Like, if, you, if we let the fans decide what you talk about. I'm interested. Yeah, it's, it's not
2: quite the same.
0: No? I don't see that as apples and apples. Because those football coaches spend all that time crunching film just to let somebody else call the place. They might have different strategy, different things they want to. I don't know. It's wildly um, entertaining in terms of the curiosity factor that goes into it. I've had
2: fans, uh, sorry, I've had friends coach, I think it's called the You Call It. Yeah, Football League, I've had friends that have coached in that. And for them, football is football. It didn't last. So I hope that the fan-controlled football league does. Having Johnny Manziel in your league, I think, is a great start. As it stands right now, from what we're told, Johnny Manziel's not doing any interviews, which is great. I think. Just go play, Johnny. Probably a good thing. Yeah. Just before we break the Kinsman Telemiracle 50-50... Is live now. You can purchase yours at telemerical5050.ca. You see the running total over my shoulder. What's it at? 82,000 and change? 62. 62? Yeah. Man, I got to put my glasses on.
0: 62,000 and change. It's going up it's by. 12,000 bump over the weekend. By the hour. Oh, yeah. And as we get closer, it'll go it'll go really high. They're expecting the, the the jackpot to be up over three million.
2: The Kinsman Foundation is helping people every day improve their quality of life and independence through gifts of mobility and medical travel assistance. They've come through us to us to help them promote this fifty fifty. COVID, of course, causing huge problems for the biggest fundraiser for kinsmen in this province every year. It's telemiracle forty five. And they'll be announcing the winner of this 50-50 draw on February 27th. The draw date is Friday, February 26th. You've got a month to buy your tickets. Buy them now at telemiracle5050.ca. And we got him. Patrick Dees, commissioner, founder of the Fan-Controlled Football League, joins us next. This is going to be awesome. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV. Also, YouTube live daily and listen live for Sud's full-service car wash at rodpeterson.com.
1: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's
2: back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson show. Welcome back, everybody. Monday coffee get-together coming to you from the bunker out here in Western Canada. Canada's daytime sports talk show continues. I was, uh, I aired when I called Patrick Dees the commissioner of the fan-controlled football league. His Twitter says the co-founder and chief gaming officer of the fan-controlled football league. And I got a lot to talk to this guy about. Calls himself a nerd too, by the way, but his photos look very cool. How you doing, Patrick? i'm doing great guys thanks so much for having me you betcha we're going down to california to to have this chat now it's a funny little connection why we're chatting and we'll get to that down the line how we all got a mutual friend here uh, but we're very aware of the fan control football league because we got some good friends in the league by name drew tate don unamba coach khalil carter so we're very aware of what you're doing patrick but i bet you our viewers might not be in football fans across the continent so Tell us about the fan-controlled football league, please.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It is is—it um, is Madden in real life. We are literally, I'm sure you guys have, have, have felt this way, literally anybody who's ever watched professional sports, has been watching, you know, watching the TV and lost their mind at a call that was played or a play that was called or you know something that happened. Um, so literally, everybody's had this idea. We're just the only ones crazy enough to actually implement it. So it is just what you think. Fan control football. It is madden in real life. It's the first time ever where fans have an opportunity to actually determine what happens on and off the field. So fans in this league have chosen already. They've chosen the logos of the teams. The you know the the uniforms design the color schemes Um, they're voting on rules currently and then as we come into the season there'll be a real-time draft or or a draft each week and then they'll call plays in real time over the course of the season so fans very literally determine what happens on the field
2: okay so it sounds awesome so where are the games going to be played well, thank you. I, I think
3: so too. We're incredibly excited about it. Um, uh, the games take place in Atlanta. So we shoot really different model than, you know, you know, than pretty traditional sports. You think about the other leagues that are not the NFL, you think of the AAF or the XFL, they play these huge stadiums and their model is to put butts in seats and sell those butts, beers and hot dogs. We are very literally, you know, it's a different model. We have like an infinitely scalable digital audience. The league is purpose built to exist on Twitch. And um, and so we have you know all four teams play in one uh, one arena that allows us to really invest and have it be kind of bleeding edge technology. Um, but yeah, we play in
2: Atlanta uh, starting the thirteenth. All, all February thirteenth is starting already. <laughs> yeah, right around the corner. It is coming up. Okay, so <clears throat> okay now we're getting somewhere. So on the weekend. <laughs> I, I was broadcasting gaming on Twitch, so I'm very familiar with it. We were talking earlier on the program about the National Women's Hockey League that was broadcasting on Twitch on the weekend to crowds yeah. of thirty to forty thousand. So, Twitch is the way to go. Um, so let me so so do the fans need to download an app in order to call plays, or how do they get involved? Like, what's the best play for football fans watching right now to get involved?
3: Yeah, so you'll be able to download the FCF app um, shortly in, the, in the, the App Store. Or, you know, so where this lives is in a, a, a visual overlay that sits on top of the Twitch broadcast. So you can call plays literally from a second screen device. We think in a long enough timeline, there won't be second screens, right? Like every screen will be interactive. Once so we've built this te- technology that lives on top of the broadcast, it, again, will look and feel like Madden. It'll show up. It'll come out. It'll show you the plays that are available. It will show you your profile because... You know, as a play caller, as as a fan of the, you know, fan control football, everybody gets a vote, and not every vote is created equal. So as you go interacting with the league and the ecosystem and calling plays, and the better play calling that you do, the more, we call it fan IQ, you earn. And then the more, the more fan IQ you earn, the more you level up, and then your weight starts to, to, to your vote counts, carries a lot more weight. And it all exists kind of on this visual overlay on Twitch.
2: You uh, really... If people didn't know about you before, the football world did when Johnny Manziel became associated with it. So can you talk about bringing Johnny football on board? And is he in fact going to play in the league?
3: He is in fact going to play in the league. He's in the air right now on the way to a bubble. We're doing an NBA style bubble in Atlanta right now where folks get tested and then quarantined and then never leave. So he's in the air right now. And Johnny was a really unique opportunity. He's friends with one of our owners – uh, Bobby Menery is one of the owners of the the Zaps the Zappers sorry and uh, look we had a chance we got introduced to 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 Johnny and like a, a couple of things really resonated with us you know he's really authentic you talk about this league where we're break where you know we're redefining the relationship between player and fans and you know Johnny doesn't want to be in a position where he has to be, you know, censored or muted at all. And so obviously preternatural talent on the field, but obviously a huge personality off the field. And that's this whole league is comprised of guys like that. I know obviously not as high profile Johnny, but you know, we, when we look to, again, we've we only, only four teams and thousands and thousands of people try out. So we really had to pick of people who could play on the field, but we did a second pass, right? Every one of these guys can play football at an incredibly high level. But what we wanted was huge personalities, right? Like we've got these huge personality owners. We wanted that also to exist on the field, right? So every one of these guys, like, you know, are the type of guy that when, when the camera turns on, they light up, they're excited. They want it. They were going to build content with fans during the course of the week becomes this really virtuous circle. We saw with our proof of concept in Salt Lake guys that like, again, build relationships and communities with, with their fans off the field. Um, you know, they build this relationship and then their numbers called more frequently during the course of the game. And so, you know, we got, it's just made sense from like a uh, personality perspective that like Johnny's this, you know, in, incredibly interesting dude uh, and really wants an opportunity to reconnect with fans, but didn't want to do it in a paradigm where he's censored and muted. Johnny's going to be Johnny in this league.
2: Marshawn Lynch, uh, Marshawn Lynch is involved as well. Yeah. What can you tell us about that?
3: Marshawn's amazing, uh, incredible guy. Like, and Marshawn was really interesting. You know, when we started thinking about people who we wanted to be owners, right? Like, if we've got four teams or eight teams originally, and in, 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 in next season, we had a, we put on a huge whiteboard the murderer row of guys that we wanted. To be owners, we thought a lot about you know. Um, you think about Mark Cuban, right, and the in the Dallas Mavs. I think a lot about how the Mavericks are this this extension of his personality. And so we said, hey, look, like, who's a, you know again this this you know a, a, an owner that could like really infuse his team with swagger because it's not. It's not, you know, uh, there's no geographical bias. When you when you join the FCF, you take a look at all the types of teams, and we've done a really good job of chunking owners with like personality types. You got the high flying smack talkers of Quavo and Richard Sherman. And on the Beasts, we, you know, like we wanted to build a team around Marshawn, and he, and A, he's surrounded by some great folks, B, uh, Marshawn is a really bright guy. He's an entrepreneur at core and just really gets this. And he's the type of personality that, like, again, You know, like when you're signing up for a team, you're like, dude, I know Marshawn. I want to be a part of what that guy's doing. So uh, Marshawn's incredible. Constantly finding ways to give back and quality guy on and off the field. So really excited to have him.
2: So the league begins February 13th. Um, We got questions coming in and comments from our viewers. Robin says the FCF jerseys look awesome. Chris in Toronto says, will the FCF generate revenue from subscriptions? Um, So I guess... Where can they go and see the jerseys? What's your website? Where can they sign up? Yeah, what are (laughs) we asking people to do today?
3: Yeah. So go go to fcf.io. Go check it out. Literally join a team. You'll get an opportunity to meet all four of the owners of all four sets of owners figure out which team kind of resonates with you join a team and then you can immediately start contributing to what happens in the league right now we've got a bunch of rule votes that are happening because this is a league that will continually change right like over the course of the season like we've had fans vote on like things like what's a catch they're going to continue to vote on like playoff structure so they're like and during the course of the season we're going to continue to adjust and have fans vote on again what that product is you know a we, when we created the league, we took a step back and we said, hey, how do you reinvent football for the digital age? And so we had a chance to really mix up with this. The games are an hour long. It's a running clock. Fans are calling plays. And we're going to continue to evolve the game. So you can immediately jump in there and, and vote. You can see the uniforms are there. Those are fan, both voted and designed. So, Robin, thank you. I'm I really pleased with the way they came out. I thought they ended up looking, looking great. But yeah, go to fcf.io. Go check it out.
2: All right, Patrick, my last question for you is our mutual friend, as I said. Cal Filson is the head scout of the Seattle Thunderbirds. Yeah, and he got talking with our producer. So how on earth would you know Cal Filson as you run or help run the FCF down in Atlanta? It's blowing my mind. Yeah, big,
3: big, big Cal guy, as a matter of fact. So like, you know, like all four of the, three of the four founders are all, you know, guys that have been part of venture back companies and had exits. And I was building, you know, uh, a company in the mobile space. Cal was, you know, a, a young mobile entrepreneur. And so we hit it off right away as we were both building respective businesses and just one of the best guys out there. So uh, really, really glad that uh, he made this happen. Good Good to, good to hear from Cal.
2: Yeah, no kidding. All right. Well, you got fans here now, man. Plus, in the league, I got to say, those guys all reach out to me. Drew Tate, Don Yunamba. That's honestly how I found out about it was oh, from the players. Yeah. So keep her rolling. We'll be following. And Patrick, anything you need from us, you know where to find us. I love it. Thanks guys so much for having me. Have a great one. You too, buddy. All right. So Patrick D's, I got to get this right Co-founder and chief gaming officer of the fan-controlled football league. Very Ca- cool. Cautiously optimistic, nerd, DMs open to all. It doesn't seem like a nerd to me. Very sharp. Yeah. yeah. But I, I see people want to talk football today. They also want to talk hockey. Somebody wrote in here earlier and said who will sign Micah Awe. Actually, it was Jeff the Stamps fan who said that. I mean... I sit here and say, where, where, where are we going to go with this, this bloodshed across the Canadian Football League? Going to be interesting tomorrow when Charleston Hughes joins us too because he said he's going to give his side of the story of what the Rough Riders are doing to him. So, you know what? Let's save the text line for later on viewer takeover because yep. I believe we got John Hodge ready to go. We'll get his take from 3downnation.com on the latest in the Canadian Football League because it's been a wild 24 hours. And it doesn't sound like it's ending anytime soon. John Hodge next from The Peg. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus Television, live daily on YouTube. And listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com.
1: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Stay back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rob. And Moose and producer Clark and Ryan
2: and Jordan and the whole crew. There's breaking news today in the Canadian Football League. First off, Jamie Elizondo has been hired as the latest head coach of the Edmonton football team. And Three Down Nation just announcing, I believe they had it first, that Brian Burnham has signed a contract extension with the BC Lions. And speaking of Three Down, let's go to Winnipeg now. One of the big names there is John Hodge from 3downnation.com joining us to talk some ball. Happy New Year, John.
4: How are you, my man? Living the dream, Rod. Living the dream.
2: (laughs) Good for you. Staying safe in your car bubble, I can see, there in in Winnipeg. Uh, John, the craziness that went down with the quarterbacks in the CFL, Arbuckle and Nichols, you guys had been on this story for the past several weeks. So am I right in saying it wasn't as uh, big a shock to three down and you guys as it was to the rest of the CFL world?
4: No, no, I don't think so. I, I think if you go back several weeks, in fact, I thought that the, co- the, the quarterback carousel in the CFL could actually have spun a lot faster and a lot harder. The reality was, once the dust started to settle with Jeremiah Mazzoli, a pending free agent in Hamilton, Zach Kolaris uh, restructuring his contract in Winnipeg, I think it was going to boil down to okay, we've got two teams left. We've got Toronto, we've got Ottawa and we've got you know two landing spots for three quarterbacks because the forgotten man in all of this is McLeod Bethel Thompson still technically under contract with Toronto opted out he would be free to sign with any team as of february 9th so the reality is with with Paul Apelese and his relationship with Matt Nichols of course from Winnipeg and you've got uh, Ryan Dinwiddie, head coach in Toronto now with his background with Nick Arbuckle from their days together in Hamilton or pardon me in, in Calgary it was only a matter of time before this move was made and the bonuses on February 1st just uh, prompted the Sparks to fly yesterday. So, no, not a huge surprise.
2: No, no. but you, Okay, so you key thing there is you said the Mazzoli signing triggered it all, which I had not put together, but you're right. And two, so I'm told La Police wanted Matt Nichols, didn't but he's happy with Nick Arbuckle. So it almost makes me wonder why did this not happen ahead of those bonuses being due? Because it seems like everybody's got their guy and everybody's happy today. Am I right on that?
4: I think so but but to me the timeline is determined based on the bonuses and based on the leverage for instance you know if if jeremiah mazzoli goes to market he's probably the best quarterback available the leverage lies with him right and as the market gets thinner quarterback wise the leverage transfers to the team so if i'm ottawa i'm perfectly happy to wait until july 31st because you know on the one hand, you might have Jeremiah Mazzoli going to free agency, the Bombers might cut, Zach Kolaris, you don't know. Uh, but the worst case scenario with, you can even really call it that is, hey, we, we don't think Toronto's gonna pay Matt Nichols, so that option will be available, and guess what? Matt Nichols isn't gonna be in a position where he can go back to Winnipeg or go to Hamilton and be the guy. So the longer you wait, the less availability there is for starting spots across the league, and your leverage goes up. To me, that's why you wait the longest as a team I think the players who were smartest were the ones who jumped on deals early when there were more potential landing spots coming, and that way they got themselves a better contract, in in my opinion. Good
2: point. And and by the way, I'm looking at my list of top free agents. I think we had all the same guys, John, just in different orders. And as of this morning, Brian Burnham is off the board. But Charleston Hughes remains on there. Enoch Mwamba remains on there. Greg Ellingson's off. Where do you think Chucky Hughes goes? What's your read on that situation that the Riders trying to squeeze him over
4: $15,000? You know, I, I would love to still see him back in Saskatchewan. I think that he's a great fit there. You know, they've got A.C. Leonard on one side who's great. I think that Charleston Hughes is, you know, he I know he believes he's the best pass rusher in the CFL. You could certainly make that case. He has led the CFL in sacks five different times. Somehow he seems to be able to do that and still – Fly under the radar a little bit with guys like Willie Jefferson and Jagera Davis maybe getting a little bit more ink, a little more attention as time goes on, but that being said, if Charleston Hughes is not back, he'll obviously have a lot of suitors. One place that I think he could easily end up playing is in Toronto. They just traded for the rights to Cordero Law, who was very good for the San Peters in 2019, and that trade that also included Eric Rogers. so this, the, uh, the Argos need to get uh, him under contract. But even if they get Cordero Law, I could see uh, Charleston Hughes playing there as well. They're former teammates in Calgary, and they both have a history with some guys in the personnel department with the Toronto Argonauts. So I think he'll have lots of suitors, but if he's not in green and white, I think that we could definitely see Charleston Hughes in double blue come 2021.
2: John, with your football acumen, I think you could handle this question from a viewer very easily. Jeff, the Stamps fan says, how on earth... Is Nichols considered a starter, a better option than Arbuckle? Uh, I'll put that to you. Um, my thinking is more experience, won a playoff game, just a little more, just a little more experience. But how would you answer that?
4: Look, I I think Nick Arbuckle is has the potential to be a very good quarterback. I think he did some fantastic things with the Stampeders in 2019. But let's let's face facts here. The man has started seven games seven games like like reading some of the responses and don't get me wrong I think red blacks let red blacks fans have reason to be upset because their team went three and five two years three and fifteen two years ago and outside of Jalen Saunders it's basically the same roster they've got right now which is which which had a lot of holes in 2019 and Matt Nichols versus Arbuckle doesn't doesn't fix those problems. Might, might a little bit, but the other the other roster issues that they had and shortcomings that they had, and there were a lot of them, a lot of them are still there. However, I think over the last year or so, a lot of people in our nation have built up Nick Arbuckle to be the savior of the franchise, to be a guy like Henry Burris who came in and lit that team on fire and led them to a Grey Cup title in just their third year of existence. Nick Arbuckle is not a former MOP. He's not a former All-Star. He's just a young quarterback who's got some really good tools, who might be, might, might be a good CFL starter. We don't know that yet. He was on a great Calgary team in 2019. He won four out of seven starts, right? He's not proven. Matt Nichols, is he the sexiest option, the flashiest option, the guy who's gonna go and throw for 500 yards a game? No, but he's a guy who's been a proven winner. He's 45 and 27 as a starter in his career between two different teams. And, and we obviously know he's got great background with Paul Apelisse there. So if they can find a way to get their ground game going, I think they probably need an upgrade at running back. But if they can do that, upgrade the running back position, have Paul Apelisse work his magic in that offense, I think that, that the Red Blacks will be just fine with Matt Nichols versus Nick Arbuckle. Again, no disrespect to, to Arbuckle. I just think he's not proven. He needs a chance to start to be able to do that. It looks like he's going to get that in Toronto. But let's not crown him as the next great thing until he proves that he is and and so far it's a very small sample size seven games only one four in calgary i just think we need to see more before we we hammer on ottawa too much for for losing out on a guy that again at the end of the day is not a proven starter in the cfl
2: uh we have more comments coming in but i i I want to get to you on on another topic ottawa related by the way john hodge with us from three downnation.com. big fans here of john's work Jamie Elizondo goes to the XFL and Ottawa goes thump. offensively. They also lost Trevor Harris, but your take on how much was Elizondo's absence responsible for that? And then he's hired this morning in Edmonton. So what do you think about that hire?
4: Well, I think Ottawa in 2019 was, was, you know, it was kind of a perfect storm with the departure of Trevor Harris. Um, and then of course the departure of Jamie Elizondo, you had them scrambling last minute to find a quarterback. I know they came out and said right away, they were they were happy with Dom Davis. And in fairness to Davis, he was great the first couple of weeks there. People forget that he threw, I think it was four touchdown passes in week two. That was the first game Cody Fajardo started in 2019 and put up something like 50 points, beat the Riders. Um, obviously that trend did not continue. He struggled a lot of the rest of the way. Jonathan Jennings struggled as well. But you're right, half of that equation is the OC. And it was obvious in 2019 without Jamie Elizondo running that ship, that offense was just not competitive. They couldn't throw the ball, they couldn't score, they didn't run the ball very well. So I think that this is a great hire for Edmondson. Obviously, they would have loved to have Scott Milanovic back. And personally, I still think it's a shame that a coach can sign a four-year contract, bounce whenever he wants, apparently, while, of course, CFL players, heaven forbid, they get an opportunity, have to beg and plead and get on their knees and hope and pray that they can get out one year early. Uh, That's probably something that needs to be addressed. But, um, point is, they lost an offensive head coach, a guy like Scott Milanovich, who is gonna be an OC as well as a head coach, uh, who's gonna serve as his own offensive coordinator, do a lot of that game planning. Well, if you bring in a Chris Jones or you you promote Noel Thorpe, or or you bring in a defensive guy from elsewhere, now all of a sudden, especially with the way that the CFL's operations cab works, you've you've got a disaster, right? Because you've got, okay, we we, we don't have to pay Scott Milanovich, he resigned, but we're already paying these guys, we hired a head coach and now we have to, to shuffle things on D, you can't do that. So I think Jamie Elizondo, who actually worked a year, let's not forget, worked for a year in, uh, in Ottawa with, uh, when he was the OC, Noel Thorpe, the DC in, in Edmonton is now the D, or was the DC in Ottawa at the time. So they have history together. Elizondo obviously has history with Trevor Harris. So it's to me the most seamless option. And the, the, the you know, Edmonton wanted to hire Jamie Elizondo well, potentially they certainly wanted to interview they did interview him i believe the last time around uh fact is he's a he's a great fit there he's got history with brock Sunderland. if you're going to lose a head coach in late january like they did with scott Milanovic, this is basically the best case scenario i think if you're edmonton finding a guy like jamie elizondo who's available yeah. he's got history with your gm history through quarterback history with the dc it's a perfect fit
2: as was pointed out by Armando Moreno in Mexico City, and you're familiar with Armando. He said, first ever Mexican-born head coach of the CFL. And I'm like, we should be screaming this from the rooftops, I would think, from a global initiative, right, and uh, diversity. But I see no mention of that in the Edmonton news release. Thank you to Armando for pointing that out. And just lastly, John, what what do you got cooking this week yourself at 3downnation.com that people are going to want to, I'm going to say tune in for, but you know what I mean.
4: Of course, yeah. We, we've got positional rankings that'll be happening all this week. Last, just just yesterday, I mean, two days ago, Dunk broke the Rogers trade. Yesterday, we broke signings. We had uh, we had Burnham this morning. We had Bola combo going back to BC yesterday. Uh, Dunk broke the Matt Nichols release from Toronto. So we got all kinds of breaking news all week. We got free agents rankings. We got we got all kinds of goodies and of course <laughs> insight and analysis from a bunch of our contributors. We're gonna have a great piece tomorrow on the, uh, the quarterback situation in Ottawa, some analysis from Santino Foloso. So I'd encourage your viewers to check us out and uh, stay tuned to 3down, especially as we approach free agency opening on February 9th.
2: Well, I'm on there four or five times a day, so keep up the, uh, the great work, John. I appreciate the time. Stay safe, and let's do it again soon.
4: Cheers, Rod, anytime.
2: John Hodge from 3 Eight days before the start of CFL free agency opening. We'll be coming right back with a sports update because we haven't got to that yet. And viewer, take over. You're watching the RP Show. Canada's daytime sports talk show continues right after this on Game Plus TV Network, live daily on YouTube, and listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com.
1: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. You got something to say? You want to add to this show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. A sports update here. The CFL's Edmonton football team
2: has hired Jamie Elizondo as its new head coach. He's also been the team's offensive coordinator and quarterback. He's also been in the team's offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. He replaces Scott Milanovic, who stepped down one week ago today. Nobody's saying it, but we will. Elizondo, the first Mexican-born head coach in the Canadian Football League. And dare I say all of pro football, unless Ron Rivera was. I don't know if Ron Rivera was born in Mexico. He's of Latino descent. Good question. But for sure, the Canadian Football League. The Montreal Canadiens host the Vancouver Canucks for the first of two games in two nights at the Bell Centre. Montreal is coming off its first regulation loss of the season after getting shut out 2-0 by Calgary on Saturday. Vancouver's won four in a row. The team that you picked to be number one in all of Canada, that's what Dupe said. They're rolling. I still can't believe no discipline will be handed out for Dylan Dubey for his shot to the face of Montreal's Kokaniemi Coca- Coca- on Saturday night. That was, I, I, sometimes I wonder what I'm watching. And here's a case where I don't like, I don't, I don't care for either team. The Winnipeg Jets are home to the Flames tonight for the first of three games at Bell MTS Place. The Jets have lost two of their last three games, including a 4-1 defeat to Vancouver on Saturday. Another good measuring stick for the Jets tonight. And they took it on the chin to the Canucks on Saturday. They beat the Flames on opening night with line A. They don't have him anymore. Armando Moreno watching in Mexico City says, no, Ron is of Mexican and Puerto Rican descent, but born in the States. Riverboat. Riverboat Ron. He's my second favorite NFL coach. He's awesome. John Gruden, number one. Rivera, number two. Mike McCarthy, number 32. (laughs) The Toronto Six have clinched the first seed in their group at the National Women's Hockey League Isabel Cup playoffs. The Six obtained top seed following a 6-0 victory over the Connecticut Whale in round-robin play at the Herb Brooks Arena. The Toronto Six will play the fourth-seeded team in Thursday's semis, either the Buffalo Buttes or the Boston Pride. The surging Memphis Grizzlies take on the San Antonio Spurs in NBA action tonight. The Grizzlies have won six in a row. The Raptors are off tonight before a rematch with the Orlando Magic. There was a lot of monkey business going on in that Raptors Magic game the other night. Did you see it? Kyle Lowry got knocked to the floor a couple of times. This sports update for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars now with eight amazing flavors. RP Show viewers get twenty percent off with a promo code RP Show. Order yours now at G2GBars.ca. And we do a, we were doing a thing way back pre-pandemic, prehistoric times. Remember the sports on tap for the tap? Yeah, brew house and drive thru liquor store. Let's do it again. Here's what's on tap tonight in the National Hockey League: Vancouver at Montreal, Pittsburgh at the New York Rangers. Nashville at the Tampa Bay Lightning, Boston at Washington, and as we mentioned earlier, Calgary at Winnipeg. So that's what's on tap tonight for the tap. drive through brewhouse and liquor store. The Vegas game has been postponed, and one of our viewers, John in Edmonton, was all hot and bothered about when the Golden Knights are going to play again. Don't worry about it, John. We go one day at a time here, right? Absolutely. I saw the tweet from a guy, I believe his name was Ray Nicholas on Twitter over the weekend saying he's lost all touch with the 24 other NHL teams outside Canada. He said his NHL is strictly the Scotia North Division. I'm with him. I know. (laughs) I'm sort of like I really got to work hard to see what's going on South of the
0: 49th parallel. Do you ever? You really do. And, you know, when Todd Pinkney asked about the top three teams, he was pointing out the standings that Philadelphia's third in terms of points. That's his team. But I go back to power rankings. I'm like, those are standings. Power rankings are different. And we're so um, enthralled with what's going on in Canada. Yeah, we forget about the rest of, the, of, the, of North America and the league. But Florida, 5 0 1. All of a sudden Carolina, while they look like they're in the bottom of the playoff teams, they're five and one. Right. And Vegas, five, one and one. Those are those are teams that to me are among the best right now in the National Hockey League, although they just haven't played as many and games. And
2: Carolina right. Carolina had played so few games because they had so many suspended right out of the gate. But Wednesdays when we do our top five, bottom five. Somebody told me by the way that that waste disposal company that uh, we were talking to. Can I say that? Sure. They said your bottom five should be brought to you by the waste disposal company. I'm just putting it out there. That'd be pretty good. That was a suggestion. Take out the trash from one of our viewers. There you go. Jamie's watching in Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia. He says Dylan Dubay wasn't able to avoid the hit and number 15 on the Habs was in a vulnerable position. I agree with the explanation and Brian Burke put out to all people. When did Brian Burke become the head of player safety in the NHL? Sorry, I like Burkey. No, i got a cell number right here. I know him. Don't have to go along with what he says just because it's Brian Burke. You can't avoid doing this? I think he can. Sorry, that's just my take. I thought it was very dirty. Bob in Grand Prairie, Alberta says the Oilers will be just fine this year. They've got the management. They've got the guns. We'll wait and see. Yeah, but they had that last year. Just saying they had that last year. It's more to it than management and guns. Everything needs to come together. But maybe the win over the Ottawa Senators was just that. Maybe it was the slump buster they've been looking for. Tuesday, here on the Old RP Show, Canada's daytime sports talk show, Canada's foremost NHL insider, uh, NFL insider, Jim Lang, will be with us as part of Super Week for Original 16 Ultra. And Charleston Hughes and Johan Lozinski from the Better With Age podcast. Can't wait. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern right here on Game Plus TV.
1: Let's make some noise! For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com.